1: Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on another beautiful day here in the Auburn, Opalika area. This is the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours. Right here. On at the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, it is Thursday, December fourteenth, two thousand and twenty-three. We are uh, about halfway through the month of December, which is pretty crazy. You've got Christmas coming up in what about eleven days or so? Uh, pretty wild uh, with that coming up. You've got the early signing day coming up. You have bowl games starting this weekend. Uh, and college basketball is off doing its thing. So lots going on in the world. Uh, lots to go over on. On the show today, uh, we are inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge studio as we are each and every day, Monday through Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. So we uh, shout out the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge for being our studio sponsor. and Be sure you go and check them out for any of your holiday events or anytime you want to go and grab some food and drinks and watch some games over there at 800 Main Street in Midtown just off of Opelika Road. So go check out the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge, our wonderful studio sponsor each and every day. Like I said, my name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here riding solo in the studio. My intern's gone. She graduated doing her own thing. Uh, T-Bone, he's with me Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and so uh, by myself here in the studio. But don't you worry, we've got plenty to talk about on the show today. I'm going to talk the SEC schedule release that happened last night. Go through all the schedules. Talk about uh, who got shafted, right? Who got maybe the better end of the deal. And I think Auburn may be in that, in that category. And look at some of those uh, revived games that we've seen years and years ago that are now back in college football. So, Excited to talk about that. There's a lot to get to there. All right, so we'll go over that a lot today here on the show. Do want to talk some Auburn basketball as they handle business against UNC Asheville last night? Uh, That game was uh, broadcasted on the radio over on Wings 94.3. It was on ESPN Plus television. I know maybe to the. dislike of some uh, we can we can get into that if you want to I, I may not say a whole lot about that but we'll talk about the game itself right and how Auburn performed very very well uh, also Since it's Thursday, we have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network will join us coming up in about 25 minutes. Uh, He'll join us at 2.30 to talk about that Auburn basketball game and get some of his insights from that. He'll give us his thoughts on Auburn football schedule for next week and kind of where we are with uh, the early signing day coming up next week for recruiting and the transfer portal and all that good stuff. So excited to talk to Brad coming up at 2.30. Also, in the second hour, if you've been here with us for a while on Thursdays, you know that Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us in the second hour, and we'll talk all things Southeastern Conference, including the schedules. We'll talk some basketball. We'll talk more recruiting and transfer portal. Today will be a big day to have Chris on the show. So what better day to have him than the day after the schedule release? That's that's perfect. I think the SEC did that on purpose knowing Chris is on my show on Thursdays, So shout out to Greg Sankey for that right now. We're looking forward to uh, Chris joining us in our number two. As always. Around those two guests, phone lines are open. Give me a call. What's on your mind on a Thursday afternoon? 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. We begin the show with the SEC schedule releases from last night. So any of your thoughts from what we saw last night. Go pull up the schedules. What'd you think? What do you think about Auburn's 2024 schedule? What do you think about Alabama and Georgia's SEC schedule? What matchups are you excited for? What games are you uh, looking forward to? Maybe some that are new, some that got Got removed from the schedule, right? And kind of what the future could look like. So, any of that that's on your mind, give me a ring. We'll talk about it. 334 321 1390. And we'll start with Auburn. Okay. We'll start with Auburn's schedule. And we know that for years and years and years and years and years and years, Auburn has played at minimum. Okay. At minimum they've played a top 10 toughest schedule in college football. Most of the time, Auburn plays a top 5 toughest schedule in college football. But there are times where Auburn has played a top 3 or even the toughest schedule. Like We know what that has looked like every year for Auburn football. But now with the SEC expanding and the divisions going away and you play different teams from all over the conference... We have talked about how, just by default, it had to get easier. Auburn's schedule had to get easier. Now, how much easier? We didn't really know. And we don't know what it's going to look like moving forward, because if they continue to add games, then... You're going to lose out on non-conference games, whether it be your big-name opponents like Cal and UCLA and Miami that Auburn has in the future, or if it ends up being one of your smaller games like Alabama A&M or Sanford or whoever, right? Eventually, that's going to happen. But we knew that the schedule that got released for 2024, it had to be easier than what Auburn's been doing, and I think it is. I think it's much easier than what Auburn's been doing. I have people telling me this is the easiest Auburn football schedule they've seen in their lifetime. Isn't that crazy? I have people telling me this is the easiest schedule they've seen in the last 20 years. And in my lifetime, we're almost to 24 years, this is one of the easiest schedules that I've seen. Okay? It is. And what better time for Auburn to have a better easier more manageable schedule than when it seems like recruiting is about to be at an all-time high when you have a lot of momentum going into the 2024 season right we don't know exactly what the team's going to look like and how good this Auburn team's going to be but a favorable schedule can help that I think you had one this past year you just didn't take advantage of it but this coming year in 2024 you can you start out and I know this is not to, this is not to the liking of, of Auburn fans, myself included, a guy that covers Auburn, and I know a lot of us share this same feeling for people that cover Auburn on a weekly basis in the fall. You have five straight home games to start the 2024 season. You start on August 31st. You go into September 7th, September 14th, September 21st, and September 28th, you have Alabama A&M to start the season. You have Cal at home in week two to finish out the home and home. You have New Mexico, not New Mexico State, New Mexico. Then, after you should start 3-0, right, you have Arkansas coming to town for the first SEC game of the season. An Arkansas team that we're going to talk about throughout the day I think it's going to be a rough year for the Hawks next year. And then, one of the two newcomers to the SEC, the Sooners of Oklahoma, will make their first ever trip to the Plains to take on Auburn on September 28th. Your first five games are all at home and they're all winnable games. Alabama A&M, Cal, New Mexico, Arkansas, and your toughest one in that stress is Oklahoma. Then, your first real road test, your first road test of the year, on October 5th, you're on the road to Georgia. And that's a tough game. And I hate that that's the first road game of the season. But we would like to think that Auburn is at least 4-1 heading into that game with some momentum, right? Doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar to what we were talking about going into 2023? So you go on the road to Georgia... And then you get your first bye. And remember, teams are going to have two bye weeks next year. So keep that in mind. All right, teams are going to have two bye weeks pretty much from here on out. So after you go on the road to Georgia, you get the bye on October 12th. Then that is what begins a three straight road game appearance, right? You have five straight at home. Then you go three straight on the road with the bye week squeezed in there at Georgia, the bye week, at Missouri on October 19th, and at Kentucky on October 26th. While those may not be the toughest of trips, Como and Lexington, I wouldn't say they're easy and they're thrown in there after you play Georgia. Luckily, you get them after a bye week. So, all in all, it could be worse. Then you come back home for a nice recovery game inside Jordan-Hare against Vanderbilt. Should be fine. And then you get another bye week. So if you can survive that stretch, right, if you can play well in that stretch, you're feeling pretty good. You take your bye week on November 9th, you finish out the season with two home games against ULM and Texas A&M before you go on the road to take on Alabama in the Iron Bowl. All in all, I like the schedule. I do. I like Auburn's draw here. I like Auburn's schedule. I knew we were going to to see Auburn get a tougher opponent the week before the Iron Bowl because Alabama Alabama plays Oklahoma. And luckily, Auburn's at home against Texas A&M. Alabama is at Oklahoma in Norman the week before the Iron Bowl next year. And we're going to talk about Alabama. Their month of November is brutal. Their November is brutal for the Crimson Tide. But overall, I think Auburn did pretty nice. I think Auburn got a pretty good draw, especially when you start comparing other teams like Florida and even Georgia. There are some teams that really got the shaft here, but I think Auburn got a nice schedule. What are your thoughts? What do you think about the schedule? Are you happy with it? Are you worried about anything? Do you feel confident about what Auburn can do in 2024? Here's the one thing I'll say that I'm not a fan of, but it's not the end of the world. It's a very streaky schedule. And what I mean by that is you have five home games in a row, then you have three road games in a row, followed by three home games in a row, and then you finish up on the road at Alabama. Me personally... I would rather those be broken up a little bit, right? Look, having five home games to start is great, but it's a lot, man. It's a lot from the people that cover the games, for the people that are in the games, the coaches and the players, to the city of Auburn and Opelika, who we talk to over on News Talk WA and I all the time for AO Tourism, our good friend Anthony Turling over there. Five straight home games is a lot. We did it a couple of years ago, remember? We had the same situation, the same scenario. And even as the fans, I feel like fans get tired of, all right, let's get back up and do it again, right? All right, here we go, another game day. Got to get up and get at it, right? It is a lot for five straight home games because we know what it takes for a college football Saturday to be put on In Auburn, across the SEC, across the country, it's a lot. There's so many moving parts. They are long days, long weekends, and five of those in a row, that's a lot, man. And while it's nice and you feel confident about what Auburn can do in that stretch of five games, I don't hate having a road game thrown in there. I wouldn't have hated if Auburn had gone to Arkansas – Right, I know we just did, but if Auburn had gone to Arkansas up September 21st, that would have been fine. That would have been fine with me. And then you have those three road games in a row. Thankfully, there's a bye week in there. But at Georgia, at Missouri, at Kentucky, it's not overly difficult, but it's not easy. I don't care who the teams are. Three straight road games in this conference are not easy. That's not an easy task. Then you come home and you feel really confident about the month of November. And that's the thing, too. Let me say it this way. This will put this more into perspective here. Auburn does not play a home game in the month of October. Auburn does not play inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium in the month of October. I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. But here's what you can say. Auburn only plays one road game in the month of November. The rest of the time you play at home. You play three straight games in November at home with a bye week in there before you take a trip to Tuscaloosa. So I don't know. I, I just me personally, I don't like the the stack of the schedule with a bunch of home games and a bunch of road games and a bunch of home games. I don't personally like that. But that's just being nitpicky. Overall, I think Auburn got a very favorable schedule. And as I said, compared to other teams, which is what we're going to talk about after the break, Auburn should be feeling pretty good compared to what they've had in the past compared to, and compared to what other teams got coming up in 2024. We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll start looking at some other SEC teams, what their schedule's, look like before we get brad law from the auburn sports network who will join us coming up at 2 30 what are your thoughts about the schedule release for 2024 it could be about auburn it could be about any other sec team give me a call 334-321-1390 we'll be right back here on the thursday edition of on the line
0: you are on the line on espn 1067 Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
1: Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you. Looking at the SEC football schedules for 2024 as uh, we had had some leaks come out and some things had been announced, particular games, right? Georgia going uh, to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama in September. We knew a couple of the games, before uh, the official release last night, but we did get all of the schedules finalized and uh, confirmed, right? Approved, confirmed, and we know what those schedules are going to be. And we'd love to get your thoughts on it 334 321 1390. We talked a lot about Auburn's schedule just for in that first segment, but looking around the rest of the SEC, here's some of the notes that I took and wrote down in preparation for the show today. Looking at Alabama's schedule, the month of November for them is rough. And I've seen articles talking about how they have a, a brutal schedule, tough as nails, whatever, whatever. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. Until they get to November, their schedule's pretty darn easy. Western Kentucky, South Florida now coming to Tuscaloosa. You play at Wisconsin. Congratulations. Maybe Wisconsin will be better. Luke Fickle going into uh, year two up there. You get your bye week before you play Georgia at home. So, yes, you're playing a really good Georgia team, but you're at home in Tuscaloosa, and you get your bye week before that. You then go on the road to Vanderbilt, home for South Carolina, at Tennessee, home for Missouri, and then your bye week, your second bye week. Now, the month of November is pretty tough. All right, I'll give them credit. The month of November will make or break Nick Saban and Alabama next year. At LSU, home for Mercer. At Oklahoma and home for Auburn in the Iron Bowl. So again, at LSU, at Oklahoma, and Auburn. That's a tough schedule. That's a tough November. And that will make or break this Alabama team next year. So that's what I had seen from that. Arkansas... Arkansas plays just four road games all year. One of those is Oklahoma State early on. And man, I was texting with my good friend Ty over at ESPN Arkansas yesterday, last night when the schedule came out. The schedule's not bad, but man, I just don't have a lot of confidence in this Arkansas team, in this Arkansas program. They start off with Arkansas Pine Bluff, whatever, on the road at Oklahoma State week two. That's rough. Home for UAB, which is no pushover. Then they come here to Jordan-Hare to play Auburn. They go to Arlington to play Texas A&M, which is stupid. They kept that game on, on a neutral site, which I think is dumb. Then they come home for Tennessee before they get their first bye. So their first bye is much later than most other teams. Then they play home against LSU at Mississippi State. Home for Ole Miss. Yikes. Their second bye... They host Texas, right? So a a flash to the past from the the former Big 12 with Arkansas and Texas, Louisiana Tech, and and then at Missouri. So while the schedule is not that hard, you only play four road games if you're the Hogs. Three of those are in the SEC at Auburn, at Mississippi State, and at Missouri. Auburn's tough, State's not, and Missouri's not. But you do play at Oklahoma State in your non-con schedule, so... While the schedule may not be hard for Arkansas, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence. All I have to say about the Florida Gators and Billy Napier is three little letters. R.I.P. Rip. Florida is going to be down and out early and often next season with their given football schedule. I don't know what they did to tick off the SEC and to make Greg Sankey not like them, but oh my gosh. They got shafted again. They host Miami, which they need that. They host Miami. They host Sanford. They host Texas A&M. They go on the road to Mississippi State before they take their bye. They also play UCF at home. They go to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Host Kentucky before their next bye. And their month of November is probably the worst out of them all. They start with Georgia, the neutral site game. On the road, taking on the new SEC Texas Longhorns. They play LSU at home, Ole Miss at home, and then at Florida State. Here's their November teams again. Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, and Florida State. They will lose all five of those games. There's a good chance they lose to Miami. There's a good chance they lose to Texas A&M. There's a decent chance they lose to UCF. There's a decent chance they lose at Tennessee and Kentucky. I'm struggling to find four or five wins on the schedule for Florida next year as we sit here right now in December. I'm struggling to find four to five wins for this Florida team. And if that doesn't happen, well, if that if you get four or five, Billy Napier's fired. But there's no way. There's no way that they're going to have a significant amount of wins next year. We've talked a lot about the Georgia schedule. We knew a lot of it. It got leaked. Tough start for Georgia. The end of the schedule is not bad by any means. But the start is Clemson and Atlanta, Tennessee Tech, at Kentucky, bye week, at Alabama, home for Auburn, home for State, and at Texas. That's a tough stretch. That's a really tough stretch where in a four-game window, you play at Alabama, home for Auburn, home for Mississippi State, and then you go to Texas, which is going to be an awesome game. Awesome game, awesome environment. I'm excited for that one. The back end of their schedule, Florida, at Ole Miss, and three straight home games against UT, UMass, and Georgia Tech. LSU, on the other hand, Look at this. This is another note that I wrote down. This has nothing to do with their SEC schedule. They play USC, Southern Cal, to start the year out in Las Vegas. Then they play Nichols at South Carolina before they come home and play UCLA. They're playing USC and UCLA for two of their non-conference games in the first four weeks of the season. Why? Why in the world would you do that? I think LSU can beat those two teams, but why have to prove it? Because then you play South Alabama, you get your first bye, you have Ole Miss at Arkansas, at Texas A&M take a bye, then you're home for Bama, at Florida, home for Vandy, home for Oklahoma. Their schedule's not that bad either. But why in the world are we playing USC and UCLA in the same year, in the same month to start college football. I don't get it. Credit to them, I don't think it's smart. I wonder how long that holds, how long that stays. I don't know, man. I don't think it's smart. If you win them, great. There's a decent chance you split them, and there's a decent chance you go 0-2. Then what? Then you're kind of done for. But, as we get to break... We also know that going into next year with the expanded college football playoff, there is a little bit more room for error. You have a little bit more leeway, if you will, to lose a game here and there. We'll talk a lot more about that coming up on the show. But when we come back, Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network will join us. We'll talk all things Auburn athletics with football, basketball, and a whole lot more. You don't want to miss it. Stick around.
0: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes
1: into our number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. And as we do every Thursday at 2.30, we are pleased to be joined by Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network talking all things Auburn athletics. Brad, happy Thursday. Hope you're doing well. And as always, man, we appreciate your time.
2: Yeah, Jacob, we're doing well. Basketball, the big win last night. Recruiting going full throttle and bowl game coming up. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a fun time, so good to be back with you.
1: Well, let's start with the uh, the basketball game from last night that was played up in Huntsville as Auburn men went up to play UNC Asheville. And, Brad, we had talked about uh, on the show yesterday, me and, and my co-host who was here with me yesterday, we had talked about what this game could have been and what we wanted it to be. Coming off of what is will be one of the most impressive performances by any team in college basketball last Saturday against Indiana – What would Auburn look like against a lesser opponent, a smaller opponent in a neutral site game? Would they kind of come out flat and not really worry about it, or would they carry on the momentum from that game on Saturday? And, Brad, that's exactly what they did. Auburn did not sweat in this game. They were in cruise control and once they got the lead, and they get a big double-digit victory.
2: Yeah, and and I think, Jake, it all goes back to preparation. That was an emphasis after the Indiana game. I don't think the team practiced particularly well in the eyes of the coaching staff after Virginia Tech getting ready for Appalachian State. So you have this convincing win, this thirty-point win, and then a little, and then a learning opportunity. A, a team has to learn that it can't just go out there and, and kind of give it the minimum in practice and expect to go win when you face. You know, even an Appalachian State is a, um, you know, they wouldn't finish last in the SEC. That's for sure. So. Um, your your preparation is so important, and it's that way whether we're trying to diet or work out or practice a, a musical instrument or do anything else, you can't not prepare and expect to keep your momentum. Your momentum comes from how frequently you can do something at a high level, so I think they practiced much better coming out of Indiana. I think that showed um, UNC Asheville put up its best you know, punches and counter-punches for the first seven or eight minutes of that game, and then Auburn's depth and um, the, the way they're executing right now in a lot of different areas, and we can talk about some of those. It's it's really impressive to watch, and it makes this team a legitimate championship-caliber team as you look ahead to the rest of the year.
1: Well, well, speaking of execution, Brad, uh, a lot of the the talking points have been, well, is this just a... Is this just a short time period window? Is this team just hot right now? Or is this something we could see throughout the rest of the year? And and I think the word that you have to come back to is execution. This team isn't just shooting lights out and that's all they're doing, getting lucky and just shooting, having a hot night, right? They're doing things the right way, and their depth is a huge, huge part of that.
2: It is. And, and you know, what do we mean when we talk about the depth? Like, what does depth get you? Um, it enables you to play crisply. It enables you to make the passes you need to make. Auburn had 19 assists on 34 made field goals last night. Sixth time in nine games this year that Auburn's had at least 19 assists, and they've had, all, they've had 17 assists or more in all but one game mm-hmm. this year. So they had assists on over two-thirds of their made field goals. Um, Almost three-quarters of their Mayfield goals last night were dunks or layups. That's making the extra pass. getting guy. So when you have depth, you, you don't fall victim to uh, being tired nearly as much. Guys are in the right place. They make the right pass at the right time. They get a half-step on a defender, and it's there. You're able to play more cleanly. Auburn had single-digit turnovers last night. Back-to-back games with single-digit turnovers, and three out of the last four games They've had single-digit turnovers. Auburn is 32 of 38 from the free-throw line over the last two games. Um, You know, these are little things that have fresh legs, fresh lines. These are little advantages that add up to big, big things throughout the course of a season.
1: What those assist numbers tell me and what I try to break it down as, they're playing team basketball. There's not a whole lot of just individual yeah. solo play, one-on-two, one-on-three. I mean, this team is moving the backs of basketball around. They're finding the not just the good shot but the better shot. Right? You talked about the dunks and layups making that extra pass, and that's what championship-level teams do, Brad, and those are the things that you teach and you hammer and you want your team to do, and I think Bruce Pearl's got to be pleased with this team doing those things right now.
2: Makes you hard to guard when you can't yeah. uh, when you can't roll out there against Auburn and say, well, this one guy is going to take twenty two shots. No, this guy, if he's not having a good shooting night, is going to look to make the extra pass. In fact, he's probably going to default to looking to make the extra pass anyway. These guys have the green light; they're not restricted on the shots they can take. Especially when you have guys who are outstanding scorers like Denver Jones and Aiden Holloway. These guys can score. Um, they're not restricted by the coaching staff. They're seeking to pass up a good shot for a better shot for somebody else. And you're right. They're unselfish. They don't mind doing that. 11 different guys scored last night. Only two scored in double figures. I don't know the last time Auburn won any game by 25 points and only had two guys in double figures. Really good balance last night. Now, again, and I hate having to make this caveat, I understand that UNC Asheville isn't UNC, but – Like, would you rather beat UNC by Asheville by 25 points and have 11 guys score and have all the things happen, or would you rather squeak by them by, you know, 8 or 10? The the things that this team is doing right now are significant. They add up to significant things, and uh, you ought to just kind of take it in and enjoy it for what it is right now, for sure.
1: And how about those two guys in double digits, Trey Donaldson and Chad Baker-Mazzara, coming off the bench, Brad? Nobody, none of your starters scored in double digits, and we know that uh, Jani on the game on Saturday against Atlanta had a whopping two, and Auburn still did what they did, but it's the bench that that played well for Auburn in this game, and man, those are the things that carry you deep into the season and carry you deep in March.
2: No, you're right, and, and Jani is a really good example. And- Uh, Jani is a good example of the depth of this team, right? He went off against Virginia Tech, dominated the game because he could. What do the next couple of opponents do? They try to take Jani away. Well, all right. He didn't try to force it. Other guys got shots. It's it's exactly what we've just been talking about for the last couple of minutes. You have 10 guys on this team who can legitimately go out and and lead you in scoring on any given – maybe, you know, Chris Moore may not lead you in scoring this year, but – like, other guys could legitimately do that, and you wouldn't just be floored by it. Mm-hmm. So, um, if, if a team tries to take away one facet of the game, you have enough confidence in the other facets of Auburn's game that, uh, again, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. What, are they one of only two teams in the country that's top 20 in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're not, we're not two three games into the season now. We're a month and a half end of the season and coming up on, on conference play, there are only a couple of teams maybe in the league with a higher net rating than Auburn right now. Uh, this team wins Sunday. They ought to be ranked in the top 25. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, like you look around and I don't see 25 teams that are better than Auburn right now
1: yeah we're about a third of the way through give or take and and Auburn gets a nice win over UNC Asheville 87 to 62 we're speaking with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network who joins us every Thursday here on ESP at 106.7 you already alluded to it the game coming up on Sunday USC Southern Cal coming in to Neville Arena Uh, this is a huge opportunity for Auburn while USC may not be the team we thought they were going to be maybe they're trying to figure this thing out now that Bronny James is back into rotation ticket prices are skyrocketing if you can even find one to get in the door on Sunday, Brad. What an environment this is going to be Sunday afternoon.
2: It is, and I gotta be careful how I talk about it because I. So I'm I'm thankful that our broadcast is going to be on Wings ninety four three, and I'm thankful for people in this area that they can listen to to our broadcast because um, what you're going to see from a national TV perspective is the spotlight is going to be on. Bronny James and we all understand why and we don't begrudge like you know Bronny James is not he didn't choose to be LeBron's son he's not there's absolutely no reason to be negative toward him because of all the coverage that that he's getting How, having said that it's absolutely true that the coverage of this game on TV is going to be completely focused on USC completely focused on USC mm-hmm. so what an opportunity for Auburn to stand right there in the middle of the spotlight and then steal it um, to to show off the atmosphere again. Auburn is nationally known now. They're nationally regarded as having one of the best, if not the best, home court atmospheres in college basketball. Auburn doesn't need this kind of spotlight to elevate its program, but it sure is fun to steal the spotlight away from from another group, especially when they're coming into your your place. Uh, Bronny James is one thing. I'll tell you, though, the guys you got to look at, Boogie Ellis. Uh, Boogie Ellis is sensational. He's averaging over 20 points per game. Isaiah Collier, one of the top freshmen in the country, averaging 17 points a game. Auburn's not going to be so focused on stopping LeBron James' son that they forget about Boogie and, and Isaiah Collier. Uh, those are your focal points from a defensive standpoint. And uh, This is a USC team that beat Auburn last year in L.A., and so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of focus there's a lot of intentional uh, or intent over these next couple of days of prep before the Trojans come in here Sunday.
1: That game is Sunday over at Neville Arena. You can catch the radio broadcast uh, on the Auburn Sports Network here locally over on Wings94.3 and WingsFM.com. Uh, looking forward to uh, to that game. We'll have our after-the-game show on Wings94.3 as well as soon as the Auburn Sports Network broadcast and post-game show is over. Want to flip gears here, Brad, and talk about a little football before uh, we let you go? Of course, the uh, schedules were released last night for the 2024 2024- football season and uh, Auburn fans are looking at the schedule for the Tigers in 24 and thinking, "Man, this is the easiest schedule we've seen Auburn play in quite some time." What's your breakdown of 2024 on the football
2: schedule? Yeah, it's got some oddities like five straight home games, again? Uh, no home game. Yeah, again, no home game in the month of October. Uh two bye weeks like I I feel like with two bye weeks in the season there there could have been a way to bust up five straight home games and mm-hmm. not have back-to-back road games but i'm also not a schedule maker and i respect what a what a herculean task that has to be um yeah the, every there's not a home game that you look at and say well auburn shouldn't win that game you know you respect oklahoma and i think it's going to be a whale of a, a ball game yeah every uh, every other home game right now auburn would be favored if I mean objectively, if you look at it, wouldn't wouldn't they? Is there is there not a home game where Auburn wouldn't be favored looking no. ahead to twenty twenty four?
1: No, I give you that. So, I mean, maybe a And M since it's so late, if they have a hot start and have a hot season, but I would say right now Auburn yeah. would be favored for sure.
2: Maybe so. I mean, you get Kentucky the last Saturday in October. They're typically typically under Coach Stoops a much better team the first half of the year than they are the back half of the year. You have home games against Vanderbilt bye week, ULM before Texas A&M, and then the Iron Bowl. Um, I would say don't sleep on Missouri. I mean, let's see what Cody Schrader uh, – we'll see how they look without Cody Schrader toting the ball for them. Um, but they're going to – and just see how many pieces they lose. They'll probably start next year as a top 15 team. And so going to Columbia won't be easy by any stretch. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – it doesn't have, outside of outside of Oklahoma, you know, you, you don't have Georgia and Alabama at home, you don't have LSU, um, Texas A&M and Oklahoma are probably your marquee home games. So I think 2024 is really more about you're, you're packing the stadium, you're filling the stadium to see Auburn, to see these new pieces,
4: mm-hmm. uh, to
2: see your new wide receivers and new defensive linemen and linebackers and... All these guys, like, it it really is about Auburn and not about the opponent uh, when you look at this home schedule this year.
1: For a rivalry that has been I guess a newer rivalry for Auburn in the last twenty thirty years, is it weird to you to not see LSU on the schedule? like I know the the older generation of Auburn fans may not be as worried, but it seems like for my generation, we've played LSU my entire life, and that's been a huge game, and there's a kind of a split with the, the Auburn fans of of whether that's an important game to have on the schedule. Is it weird to not see it on there?
2: They're the new Florida it, yeah, it's weird this year to not see them on there um it used to be weird not to see Florida on the schedule, right? And because we've had and because we've had to, we've gotten used to it. I mean, I I remember when Florida was on the schedule every year. I used to make a homemade schedule poster every year when I was a kid, and uh, I used to enjoy drawing the Florida or trying to draw that oval yeah. Gatorhead logo for Florida. That was like one of the all right, it's football season. I'm trying to draw the gator head. Um, I, so it was weird when that went away, but then it wasn't like. You knew you, there's nothing you could do about it to bring them back to the schedule, so you just kind of get used to it, and you focus on the games that are there, and that's what we'll do with LSU when they're on the schedule. Okay, neat, but uh, for the time being, there's you know they'll we'll get used to it in time.
1: Auburn plays five straight home games to start the year. Next year, they'll play no home games in the month of October, thanks to road trips at Georgia, a bye week at Missouri. At Kentucky, they'll come back and play three more home games before taking a trip to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. That'll be in 2024. Got to wrap up 2023 with a bowl game and, of course, uh, early signing day and the signing day coming up in February, all that good stuff. Brad Law from the Albert Sports Network joins us every Thursday. We appreciate him and his time. And, uh, Brad, this time next week we'll be able to recap the early signing day and what is potentially a massive day for the future of Albert football.
2: Yes, we will. And, uh, you know, just uh, everybody take a deep breath. Wait for Wednesday. Don't get caught up in too much drama ahead of Wednesday because that's, uh, that's definitely out there this time of year. So, you know, beware of strangers. Don't take any of the emotional candy from, from strangers. Or, and uh, just kind of hang in there because Wednesday is the day, and I think there will be plenty to, to be happy about. We also have Tiger Talk tonight. Yes. Can I talk about that real quick? Yes, of course. Go? Yeah,
1: plug everything that's going on with that
2: bomb victory grill big crowd out tonight it's our last show on location in the calendar year we won't be back out at bomb until january 11th so uh come out and see us tonight Stephen pearl is going to be there to talk about the the huntsville experience and look ahead to the usc basketball game uh plus we'll have jeff graba auburn gymnastics coach out uh to uh talk about the preview meet which is tomorrow night at neville arena and we've got some basketball ticket giveaways, too. So come out okay. to Baumhauer's tonight between 6 and 7 and have a good time with us. Hopefully we get a big, big crowd for our last show of the calendar year on location.
1: Awesome. Yes, Tiger Talk tonight out at Baumhauer's. If you're unable to make it for whatever reason, you can tune in over on Wings 94.3, 6 to 7 p.m. tonight. Brad, thanks so much for your time, as always. I enjoyed it. And, yeah, we'll talk again next week. And uh, we'll have a lot to talk about next Thursday, I have a feeling.
2: Yes, we will. Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate it. War Eagle.
1: That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Joins us every Thursday here on ESPN 106.7. We appreciate him and his time. As he mentioned, Tiger Talk tonight. Go to Baumhauer's. If you have nothing else to do, go to Baumhauer's. If you're looking for dinner, if you're looking for something to do on this nice Thursday evening, go to Baumhauer's. Check out Tiger Talk if you can't. You can find it here locally on the Auburn Opelika uh, Sports uh, and all of our stations here. But over on Wings 94.3 is where you can find that. You can uh, tune into that on Wings 94.3 or WingsFM.com, whichever way that you prefer. But so much going on in the world of Auburn athletics. We got to get to our final break here as we wrap up hour number one. Phone lines are open, though, 334 321 1390 What do you want to talk about? We could talk the schedule. We could talk Auburn basketball. We could talk anything else going on in the world of sports. Give us a call. 334-321-1390.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
1: All right, wrapping up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7. Got a couple of, well, really about (laughs) about a minute and a half. We went long with Brad, uh, but that happens sometimes when you're in great conversation. Uh, Always good to have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us, so we do appreciate him and his time as always. Uh, Got a minute or so, and uh, I've got somebody on hold. I'll get to you. We'll start the second hour with you. want to have plenty of time uh, for people to say what they want to say and talk about what they want to talk about. And phone lines are open, 334 3 2 1, we have talked a lot about the schedule stuff here in hour number one. Brad and I talked about that. Uh, talked about Auburn basketball. Nice win last night, huh? That was a nice win. I know uh, you and I have not talked about it specifically, you and me and the listeners. But um, Auburn, with a nice win last night, just it, they did exactly what we wanted them to do. And I think that's all you can ask for, right? That's all we asked for when Uncle T-Bone and I were talking about it yesterday was coming off that Indiana game. Right, coming off of one of the best performances you're going to see in college basketball all season long, right? how was this team going to respond? How was this team going to play coming off of a wonderful performance? Were they going to just nonchalantly roll into Huntsville and, and not worry about UNC Asheville? Or were they going to go in there and take this thing seriously? Well, guess what? That's exactly what they did. They took it seriously. They won by 25, and the bench outscored the starters. Man, that doesn't happen in college basketball very often. So shout-out to Auburn and a big win over UNC Asheville. They take on USC this Sunday. Excited to have that game. We'll talk about that some more tomorrow on the show. But our number one is in the books. Give me a call. Let's have some more fun on a Thursday afternoon. Three three four. 3 4 321 1390 will get to the phone lines to start the second hour. Plus, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up.
0: In Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this gorgeous Thursday afternoon. It is December 14th, 2023, as we get underway here in hour number two. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you on ESPN 1067. If you missed any of the first hour, you can catch up with the podcast after the show today, wherever you get your podcast, or at our station website at ESPNAU.com. We talked to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network about Auburn basketball's big win last night over UNC Asheville Uh, we talked about the schedule release for the SEC teams in 2024 and we'll talk some more about that here in the second hour as well and uh, a whole lot more in that first hour so if you missed any of it be sure to go back and listen to the show posted after each and every show on our station website or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to start hour number two by getting to the phone lines in just a second we'd love to hear from you this hour as well 334 yeah. 321-1390 1, and we're also going to talk with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, coming up in about 20 or 25 minutes. We'll talk to him eh, about 25 minutes or so at the bottom of the hour at 3.30. Uh, talk to him about everything going on around the Southeastern Conference. So excited for that, including those schedule releases that happened last night via the SEC. But until then, like I said, phone lines are open and we're going to start by getting to the phone lines and tie the tiger. You're on the brother how are you
5: i'm doing good man how are you
1: i'm doing good it's another beautiful day in auburn alabama
5: the loveliest plains in the in the country baby it is absolutely beautiful out here good day to sell a car you know you know that that's right Um, uh man so first uh first basketball last night i mean you know if you if you take away that appalachian state game which i put that all on bruce that team wasn't ready to play um, that day. I think we're better than that team. We just wasn't ready to play. But if you take away that game, um, I mean, we are one of the most consistent teams in the country. We play some of the best defense in the country. Um, we really just need to gel a little bit and get these scores, you know, where they're they're just more consistent. I mean, that's, to me, the three-point shot is, uh, you know, starting to be a little uh, thorn in the heel again. Um, you know, we went down a couple times yesterday, but the game before in Indiana, you know, still we 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 beat them pretty good, but I felt like we still was just, you know, that's the only thing Bruce just allows him to chunk it up, man, and I mean mm-hmm. It's part of his game plan. Hey, look, the man makes millions, and I don't. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah, it's he always been that I way. Did, right? it, yeah, it's always been that way with Bruce. I mean, he he has always given his team, especially his guards, has always given them the green light to shoot the basketball. And as a team, I mean, Auburn didn't shoot bad last night. They were seven of twenty one, thirty three percent. You'd like to see that be better, but that's not horrible compared to what we've seen in the past.
5: Well, I'll say this, man. You know. uh, we're coming this year we've got a good team we're like i mean like you've been talking about i ain't gonna repeat all the stats but we're just deep as can be mm-hmm. i don't know if another team is as deep as us now when it comes down to game time depth ain't really gonna matter it's about scoring about game you know play you know you know uh just ballers you know and and i think at the end of the year I think Holloway will be a little bit more senior,ed you know, and be a little bit more uh, at ease. I think right he's still he's still trying to do too much, in my opinion. You know, I mean, I think the kid's pushing it, like trying to be that playmaker instead of just sitting back and letting the game come to him. Um, but hey, that's him, and he's aggressive, and he wants to make plays. I mean, that you know, you want that, you want that type of kid. You oh, know, of course, especially running ball, point guard, he, yeah. Um, about the game Sunday, man. Oh my gosh! I mean, this is uh, the ticket prices are like Kentucky. You know, ticket (laughs) prices. It's crazy, man. Yeah, one eighty, one seventy, just to get in the door. The building.
1: Yeah, just to get in the door. I know that's
5: crazy, man. I'm still waiting on a pair of tickets. Uh, guy at work. He, he, his wife might be sick. They might not go, and I. I'm, I might look up in there. You're not praying it,
1: for this I woman know. to be sick, are you, Ty? Come on, I'm not, man. I'm
5: hoping she gets better, but don't <laughs> no, feel like. Oh, <laughs> don't
1: give me that. Don't give me that. I know you better than that.
5: <laughs> man, I'm hoping, I'm hoping she feels just fine, but just don't feel like going. Yeah, uh, she
1: gets feeling she better, but not or... better enough. Okay, I got that's you. I got you.
5: Right? Hey, real quick about football, yeah. man. Um, you know, hey, you know, there's a. It's fun, It's so hilarious to me that. Once Auburn does good in something, these rumors come out
0: about us mm-hmm.
5: cheating, about we're doing this dirty. Or Wait, that you, you talking dirty.
1: football or basketball, Ty? Which one are you I talking mean, about? I
5: love it. It <laughs> don't matter. I told everybody last year. I said, I said Alabama is really good this year. They got one of the best players in the country. Mm-hmm. He's gone next year. Alabama's gonna be back to a you know a twenty win at the most team, and they'll be okay. But they're not gonna be anything like that. They're gonna be number one, and I'm gonna be in the top twenty five. And lo and behold, here we are, and Auburn's just trending up and up and up. And now we're cheating from five years ago. Right? I mean, you think the FBI would have figured all that out in their investigation? Yeah, right? you <laughs> think, <laughs> think
1: so? You think so? What? Uh, <laughs> what you? What do you have on football quickly, man?
5: Well, hey, I just wanna say, man, if you didn't see the screenshot that's been going around with Sante Samuel and Simpson yeah. and um what's the other guy? I can't remember the other guy, but uh and him, they're all on four way with Ryan Williams.
1: Yeah, but it uh, was Eugene Asante, Jalen Simpson, Keontae Scott, and then Ryan Williams is. last night. Yeah.
5: Bruh, I mean, this, and then Keontae Scott coming back. I I man, I hope I hope uh you know, Eugene comes back. If he doesn't, man, good luck in the NFL. I appreciate everything you did. But if he does, man, we're going to be deadly next
1: year. No doubt about I, it. I
5: was talking about earlier, schedule looks good. Man, everything looks good for next year. I don't like the A&M game before the Iron Bowl, but I'm all right with it because they got Oklahoma before the Iron Bowl.
1: And they're at Oklahoma versus Auburn being home for Texas A&M. So, and, look, right. Auburn, and, and, Auburn was and, always going to get a tough game right there.
5: And then Chase, saying, m man, they're jumping ships so fast, so they're they're going to be in a rebuilding year, you mm-hmm. know, type thing. You know, they'll have some more. They'll have a little. They'll have a little cookie uh, left in the shelf, but uh, not won't be that much. Uh, but hey, real quick, I just want to tell you about my little dude, man. Yeah, uh, I I take my little nine year old. He goes everywhere with me, man. Every every game, everything. The last game we went to, it was um, it was the game before uh, App State." I think at uh, Louisville southeast or what? Louisiana southeast. But anyway, man, he hollering the whole game. I'm telling him be quiet. I'm thinking he's bothering the people in front of. Him. Man, the people in front of him turn around. He said, "Dad, you be quiet. You let that kid holler as much <laughs> as he wants." Man, he Love was it. going nuts. He's already been on the jumbotron trillions of times. He That's was, awesome. He was one of the little kids that took his shirt off and did the. The strong arm with Dylan
1: Carwell one time, man. He was on the jumbo trying to the football Oh, game that's too. great. That's awesome. But, man,
5: i tell you, look, this kid's such an Auburn fan. He's nonstop yelled the entire game. Now, again, Louisiana, Southeastern, we smacking them the whole game. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's cheering. Man, he cheers so much that Albie himself noticed him and noticed that he didn't get a T-shirt and walked up past the band wow. and threw my little man a t-shirt. How about that? At, you know, when they do the t-shirt giveaway? Yeah. And he's just a huge Auburn fan, man. He always wants to say something, so I just wanted to let him get a little shout-out. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Let him go. Boy Eagle number two can shoot that ball. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have I a love killer, it, man. Thanks so much, Ty, and, and shout out to your kid, man. He sounds like a true Auburn uh true Auburn fan and a true Auburn man in the making, man. We appreciate you and I appreciate you guys listening and and those are, are wonderful stories and um those it, it reminds me of of myself, right, growing up as an Auburn fan. And I didn't have the benefit of of living in Auburn and living in Alabama, even when I was young. I mean, I grew up in Northern Kentucky and I grew up in Ohio and, and I was a diehard Auburn fan screaming my head off at the TV in a house somewhere and everybody else was, was out doing something different. So uh, shout out to you, Ty. You're a great guy. And uh, I appreciate you listening and And it sounds like you and your son have just a wonderful, wonderful relationship. Let's get back to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Mark. hey mark how are you man
4: oh man i'm doing great hey uh one thought on football then on basketball yeah uh, the football schedule uh you know and you may have talked about it in the first hour i didn't get to hear that but we don't have a game in october but i think that schedule worked out about as well as you could expect for auburn
0: mm-hmm. both
4: of our uh big road games well i say both of two of them the uh team that we play, Georgia and Alabama, both have to
1: travel to a tough environment the week before we play them. Yes, they do. And, th- and then before, uh,
4: I think we have a bye week before Missouri and uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, and having A&M before Alabama is not the worst scenario that we could possibly
1: have no it, it. I mean it could be more difficult but and, and you know the thing about Texas A&M next year is we they're a wild card right we just don't know what a and going right. to be because of them having a new coach and and a bunch of new players but uh yeah you're right before the before the Iron Bowl Alabama has to go to Norman to take on Oklahoma okay and then before mm-hmm. Georgia hosts Auburn they have to go to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama in a night game so yeah Auburn Auburn's schedule is really not that bad compared to what we've seen in the past for 2024.
4: Right, and not certainly, you know, and uh, welcome to the SEC, Oklahoma's first Shoot. road game yeah. is against Auburn. Mm-hmm. And I pray that's going to be a night game. Anyway, switching to basketball, uh, have we heard, did we know if LBJ's flopping LeBron's going to be coming to
1: Auburn? <laughs> well, I don't. I mean... That's gonna be a circus if he is. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't hundred percent know. My guess, Mark, my my just my guess would be no, but I don't know. Here's what I can tell you. All right, here's what I can tell you. The Lakers, because I've already looked it up, the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers play a game on Friday night in San Antonio, and then they don't play again until Monday back at home against, I believe, the New York Knicks back in LA. Right. Um the, And also the story. And the the known thing was LeBron was going to be in attendance for Bronny James's first collegiate game and there was a chance that was going to be against Auburn uh, but he was able to get cleared and get ready to go earlier than that and he played against Long Beach State a game that USC lost by the way just so people know they they've only won one of their last 4 games so keep that in mind so I don't know, Mark. I really don't. I think it would be really, really cool if LeBron was in the building. Whether you like him or not, that's for anybody. It would be really cool to have uh, one of the best players of all time step inside in Neville Arena here on the Plains.
4: Right. And, uh, you know, he may be sore from flopping against San Antonio the <laughs> night before. But anyway, uh, did you see the uh, welterweight MMA guy that called him out? About yeah. The National Anthem? I didn't know if and Anthem, I didn't know if you talked about that, but he that guy was point blank in calling LeBron out. And that's about as strong of a call
1: out as you can have against someone. Oh anyway, yeah. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Mark. Three three four 321 1392. Great calls. Ty the Tiger and Mark, as well, to uh, two very loyal listeners and great callers here on the show. would love to get you on the show as well. 334 321 1390. We got about 15 minutes before uh, we get to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. A great day to have him on with the SEC schedule releases. Last night, uh, he had a live show on his Locked On SEC YouTube channel. So we'll talk about that. And of course, all of the schedules are uh, good bad, ugly, pretty, if you will. Uh, so looking forward to uh, talking with him about that. But yeah, that's one of the big the big storylines going into Sunday uh, for Auburn basketball playing USC. Yes, it's a big name in USC. Yes, it's a rematch for Auburn because they went out to Los Angeles last year and lost a winnable game. Uh, if you remember that, it was... It was a game Auburn played just so bad. They played bad, had chances to win, and just couldn't get it done in that little short West Coast trip before they went up and played Washington, and they were able to get that win. So it's a rematch against them. It's a big name in USC. Bronny James, LeBron's son, is playing. Right, He's going to be in attendance. He's going to be playing. Bronny is. right. He's going to be playing. But people are wondering if LeBron James is going to be there. I don't know. Start checking the flight logs, man. Start checking to see if there's a... uh, See if there's a private jet coming from San Antonio, Texas late Friday night that gets into uh, the Auburn University Airport. See if there's one coming in. And see if there's one coming out of Auburn going to Los Angeles because the Lakers have a game Monday night back in L.A. So, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. I By the time Sunday rolls around, that rumor is going to be so hot and that is going to be the biggest storyline that – Maybe he will be. Maybe he won't be. I don't know. Should be a good game regardless, though. And ticket prices are insane. I mean, they are insane to try and get in the door. I'm going to try before we get to break. Let's go to, um, I forget which the official ticket uh, site is now for for them, but we'll just go to Ticketmasters. The one that I've got pulled up here, Uh, we'll we'll get to Ticketmaster and pull up the latest t- look. There are very few tickets even left uh, for Auburn basketball this weekend. Uh, we know what season tickets look like. We know uh, what game by game looks like, especially for big matchups like this. Uh, but against uh, against USC, here we go. Find tickets. This uh, whatever ticket site you want to use, go for it. I'm not. We're not sponsored here, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, we're going to turn on our fees here. The cheapest standing room only ticket I see right now is going for about $170. That's just to get in the door, all right? To get in the door. The cheapest seat right now is $255 for Sunday. How about that? That is wild to me. That Auburn, look how far Auburn basketball has come. It takes you $200 just to get in the door. Like Ty was saying, these are Kentucky numbers, man. This is Kentucky basketball when they come to Auburn type ticket prices. Going to be an exciting game. We'll talk a lot about that on the show tomorrow with Uncle T-Bone when he's back here in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. So excited for that. We'll take a break, come back, talk a little more uh, about the SEC schedules, about some Auburn basketball, maybe even some Auburn football updates as well as we've got one more segment before uh, we get Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. So until then, again, phone lines are open. Come on in, be a part of the show. What's on your mind on this Thursday afternoon? afternoon 334-321-1390 more of the thursday edition of on the line after this
0: you are on the line on espn 1067 online at espnau.com or on the espn 1067 app Back inside
1: the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Thursday edition of On The Line. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. Let's get to the phone lines once again. 334-321-1390. And Terry, you're on the line. What's up?
3: Hey, Jacob. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good, man. How are you?
3: Pretty good. I got a a basketball and a football thing for you. Some basketball. I think it's important for Auburn fans to remember the Jeff Lebo and Tony Varvey days. When you couldn't give tickets
1: away. when When you literally couldn't give tickets away inside of uh, the Coliseum at the time and even the early days in Auburn Arena. Yeah, you you couldn't give tickets away to Auburn men's basketball.
3: And even last year when you had tremendous size, I felt like Auburn's backcourt was way too small last year. And that team was really – there were some problems in the dressing room. I don't know that. Don't have any reason to base that thought on anything other than just what I I witnessed. Mm -hmm. But it just appeared like they weren't all on the same page. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it just – there always seemed to be – I don't know. It always just even just watching them on the floor, right? I'm not talking anything that you know, anything outside of that. I'm just talking about the Auburn team on the floor. It just seemed like frustration would set in and there would be some some timidness from everybody and just didn't seem to be when you watch this team this year, man, they're having a blast. I mean, they it, you can tell that they are excited to be there they love each other they enjoy playing together and they're having a lot of fun doing it and those things Terry will go a long way in college basketball
3: oh yeah and the lack of size in the backcourt because Bruce Pearl's offense is pretty much dictated by the backcourt yes it is and so the lack of size a bunch of 5'8 5'9 guards that couldn't shoot over people was a problem it was yeah. a big problem.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Aiden Holloway helps that. Denver Jones helps that now. Guys that can handle the basketball that have a little bit more size. You still have KD Johnson and Trey Donaldson, but those guys play bigger than their size more than than somebody like a Wendell Green Jr. did years ago.
3: Yeah. And uh, and football I've, have you noticed? I've noticed that a lot of guys, you phrase a sign this year, are going through the spring, not guys coming in in July or August. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah.
3: That seems to be something he's going for.
1: I like that. Yeah, it it, I think it speaks to the importance of that, right? I think it speaks to how important it is for even high school guys, to graduate early and go ahead and get enrolled in January and be here during those spring windows and and transfer portal guys coming in right now versus after spring ball where they don't make it or not pleased with their current place and then transferring in and being here through the summer and not being able to officially practice, right? You can't do that in the summer. But then having, what, two weeks to practice with your team before you play your first game? I mean, it just... It's not enough time, Terry. It's not enough time. And so, yeah, I think Hugh Freeze doing that just shows the importance of how, how crucial the spring window really is.
3: I said this is something you could point out to T-Bone tomorrow if I don't get a chance to call in. Uh, you know, you had seven coaches during the Nick Saban era. I think Hugh Freeze assigned more offensive linemen than all the other six coaches combined.
1: I think <laughs> I'd have to do the research on that, but I, I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put put you past that and, and say that you're wrong on there just off the, the top of my head. I mean he he gets it, man. He's always been that way though. Hugh Freeze has always been that way.
3: He's smart enough football coach to know where the games are won and lost on the line of scrimmage.
1: Especially in the SEC, more than any other conference in college football. Appreciate it, Jacob. Thanks, Terry. Three three four 3 2 1, 1390. Got a few minutes before Chris Gordy joins us, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. We'll talk about the SEC schedule released from last night for 2024. We'll talk about Auburn. Uh, we'll talk about all the other SEC teams, the ones that have good schedules, bad schedules, some of those new games coming in. How about this? How about Texas going to Oklahoma? Or, excuse me, sorry. How about Texas going to Texas A&M? To end the season, how about that rivalry being renewed? Texas going to College Station to take on the Aggies November 30th. That's awesome. That is fantastic. And, you know, I talked to Brad Brad Law back in the first hour from the Auburn Sports Network, and I asked him about Auburn's schedule and not having LSU on the schedule, right? I asked him about that, and how does it look weird to him? And he said, yeah, initially, but I think he made a really good comparison, and he talked about it's kind of like Florida when they got taken off the schedule years and years ago for Auburn and not being on the schedule every year. Right? It was weird at first, and then you got used to it. That's what Brad said. And I think that'll probably happen with LSU. My generation of Auburn fans... I think, care a lot more about the LSU game than, than the, the older generations of Auburn fans, right? Because LSU wasn't always that big game every year, right? Florida was. Florida was on that, even the Georgia Tech years. I know that's not SEC, but you know what I'm talking about. Those games that have been on the schedule in years past that eventually worked their way off of it, I think LSU will be that same way. And I liked how Brad put that. Doesn't mean it... I don't like not seeing LSU. I enjoy playing LSU. Now, Auburn's record against LSU has not been great. So from an easy standpoint, from a favorable schedule standpoint for Auburn, it's a good thing that LSU is not on there every year. It's going to be a good thing that Texas A&M is not on there every year. But it is going to be weird not playing them for a little bit. But I'm interested to see what Chris Gordy's going to say about all of these schedules because you've got people in Tuscaloosa saying that Alabama's schedule is tough as nails. No, it's not. Arkansas, not a tough schedule, but a bad team. Florida, they're going to fire Billy Napier because of their schedule and because he's not going to be able to get it done. Welcome to the SEC, Oklahoma. You got to go to Auburn for your first road game in the SEC. And you play Alabama and LSU to end the year. Your final game is in Baton Rouge. Welcome to the Welcome to the SEC where it just means more, right Oklahoma? We'll talk about all of that and some more with Chris Gordy, host of the Lockdown SEC podcast. When we come back, if we have time, we'll talk a little basketball, but I got a feeling football, especially previewing early signing day next week, feel like that's going to take over most of our conversation. We'll have that and more when we come back. Stick around.
0: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more
1: minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. And as we do every Thursday at 3.30, a fan favorite here on ESPN 106.7, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, the podcast that's posted every day, Talking about all things in the Southeastern Conference, Chris. How are you, man? Happy Thursday.
6: Yeah, doing well, man. It's uh, you know, it's it's funny. It's that we start to enter that dead time of year, but with the early signing period and the transfer portal and all that, I mean, there's there's stuff to talk about every single day.
1: Yeah, there really is no dead period anymore. I mean, December becomes even crazier than in-season because of bowl preparation and the transfer portal and the early signing day. I mean, and you had the schedule released tonight, which we'll get to in a second. I mean, December has become a wild month for college football.
6: Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, the coaching – it's funny. I was talking to somebody – it used to always be the coaching carousel time of the year but like yeah. with the early signing period everybody makes moves on coaches very quick. I mean it's like it's, you, when you fire a coach you know it's they move quick now it's not like let's let's have a month of interviews and that sort of thing so uh, yeah, the vetting process moves a lot quicker and then it goes from the coaching carousel to now the quarterback carousel I mean with the Nil Nil deals and uh, you know the transfer portal being wide open. It, it basically all these big-name quarterbacks enter the portal and become you know, hired assassins. Basically, you know, guys with one year left to play or two years left to play, it's like, all right, who's got the best offer, the best fit, and the best NIL deal, I'll I'm yours.
1: Yeah, I mean, hire an auctioneer and just start rattling off the numbers and see who the highest bidder is going to be. I mean, that's what it's become, unfortunately. So, yeah, I feel like we we've barely even talked about the, the all the coaches' movement because there's no time because as soon as it happens, yeah, you mentioned it, the, the quarterbacks start hitting the portal and, and the craziness begins. And so uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot about all that uh, near the end of our conversation because I do want to talk about uh, the potential of what early signing day could look like next week on Wednesday. But last night, the big news that everybody's been talking about today, ourselves included, is the schedule release for 2024 for all of the SEC teams, including the new. Comers with Oklahoma and Texas, and Chris, you did a wonderful uh, live show on your Locked On SEC YouTube channel last night. Had a bunch of the Locked On SEC hosts of the different schools on your show talking about the schedules. Uh, what what schedules stand out to you, and some of those games that are now back on the schedule or continued to be played in the SEC starting next year?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think the the two, well, really the three hot, hottest tickets that like you know you're you're gonna have to. Mortgage your home to get a ticket to, um, you know, Georgia at Alabama on September 28th. Obviously, the rematch of Kirby and Saban—that that one's going to be massive. Uh, Georgia at, at Texas, you know, October 19th. Now yeah. everybody's kind of talked about it. The F1 races in town that night, and um, it's just going to be a madhouse. If you have not already booked your hotel in Austin, just forget it. You're not you're not getting there. And then, of course, you know, A&M Texas coming back and and, and going to College Station. You know, I know there are there already people. Um, you know, buying up, buying up those tickets. I mean, it's going to be a possibility to get to college station that weekend, uh, with the, the, the rivalry renewed between the Longhorns and the Aggies. So, uh, those are kind of some of the big ones, but just, you know, kind of overall takeaways. I think, I think Auburn's schedule is, is navigatable. I mean, I, you know, it depends on what your expectation is for Auburn this year, but, you know, obviously you want to take a step forward. I think eight and four would be, you know, kind of like where you want to be. um, You know, ten and two. We know moving forward now with the twelve-team playoffs, ten and two gets you in the playoffs. Yeah. So um, you know, look, I I don't think Auburn is there yet, but you know, can some things go their way? Sure. I mean, you get you get uh, Alabama and Cal and New Mexico to warm up. I think Arkansas is a nice little dip your foot in the pool uh, for SEC play. But then those next two weeks are just absolutely brutal. Oklahoma and then Georgia. I mean, your hope is to split those. And then two tricky road trips out of the bye week going to Mizzou and going to Kentucky. You know, uh, Auburn, I think, in year two, if you freeze, would expect themselves to be better than either of those programs, but, um, you know, we just saw Mizzou win 10 games, and Kentucky's crushing it in the transfer portal right now, so, you know, you should beat Vandy, you should beat Y'all Monroe, and then, of course, you finish with a home game against A&M, God knows what they're going to look like, and then, of course, the iron ball in Tuscaloosa, so, you know, I, I think eight and four, if I'm being unbiased, I think is probably pretty fair. You know, if, if you steal another game, maybe nine wins. I just can I think, is a little bit too, um, you know, too ambitious for mm-hmm. what this team is. I mean, look, they may add a big-name quarterback in the transfer portal, and I may change my tune, but man, with with all the big names coming off the board, it feels like they're going to stick with Peyton Thorne next year. and I guess, you know, if Hugh thinks maybe they can coach him up and he takes another step in his development, he'll be much better next year, better offensive line, better weapons. Obviously, Cam Coleman was a tremendous addition to the, to the, uh, to the signing class. So we'll see. But, um, you know, I, I think I think Auburn, put it this way, Auburn's schedule is a lot better than, than Florida. That Those last five games that Florida got, my goodness. That's I mean, horrible, Georgia's, man. It's horrible. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia at Texas, home for LSU, home for Ole Miss at Florida State. I mean, if Billy Napier survives that, then he's done something miraculous because that's absolutely brutal. Um, there's you no know, way I, I he survives,
1: look, right? I mean, he, Billy Napier's gone after next year, right? I mean, Florida, there's just no shot.
6: Yeah, I think I think there's a real possibility we're we're looking at Billy Napier, Sam Pittman, uh, Shane Beamer, and Clark Lee all fired by the end of next season based on these schedules. I mean, you know. Uh, Sam Pittman got the vote of confidence from you know 100 Euro check, and it was kind of all right. Well, you know we're going to give him another year, but uh, Arkansas just got a brutal schedule again. So I, I don't know. I, I I think anything anything worse than seven and five for Arkansas, I think they're going to move on. Uh, and then Shane Beamer just missed the bowl game this year. Goes five and seven, uh, and their schedule's pretty tough next year. And you know if they if they go six and six or worse, I could see them wanting to move on from Shane Beamer and you know, Vandy's just Vandy. I don't think they'll win a conference game again next year. I think Clark Lee will be gone. But, um, you know, those are all kind of the, the you know the, the same names that were kind of in the hot seat this past year. I think they'll all be on the hot seat again next year. But two, two things that stood out to me uh, really also from the schedule is LSU is – I don't know what the hell they were thinking playing USC in the opener in Las Vegas and then three weeks later playing UCLA in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I Why said that. Why would you do that to yourself? Like those are two Pac-12 powers that are moving to the Big Ten. Like, you know, you you compare that and then look at Ole Miss's non-conference schedule. Ole Miss plays Furman, Middle Tennessee, Wake Forest, and Georgia Southern. Like, I I don't know why LSU would would shoot themselves in the foot like that because odds are they're going to lose one of those
4: games. Mm -hmm.
6: Uh, But I I look at the back end of the schedule. They close with Oklahoma and Baton Rouge. Can you imagine a world where both LSU and Oklahoma are nine and two? with a playoff berth on the line, you know, you get to 10-2 and two and you're going to the playoff, like, I just, I don't know why, I just keep looking at that game thinking that might be a game that means something. and might be, you know, Brian Kelly versus, uh, you know, Brett Venables, uh, a playoff berth on the line in that game. So I kind of like that one. But the, the biggest takeaway to me is Ole Miss, man, they lucked out. I mean, they avoid, I know they go Georgia, but it's in Oxford, but they avoid Alabama, they avoid A&M, they avoid Texas. I mean, Ole Miss has got a cakewalk the first few weeks of the season. And I just like, I think this is at minimum 10 and 2 for Lane Kiffen, who just went 10 and 2 this season. And they're bringing everybody back, basically. Jackson Dart's coming back. Uh, three of their top four pass catchers are coming back. Quinchon Judkins, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. I saw J.J. Pegues is coming back. I mean, uh, Lane Kiffin is, they, they got the Grove Collective going. They're paying the players and. Uh, you know, Lane know, telling them, guys, our schedule's really sucks next year. Come on back for another year, and we're going to be in the playoffs next year. And um, I just keep looking at Ole Miss' schedule and saying, I think they're a lot to make the playoff.
1: Yeah, at LSU on October 12th, and then home for Georgia November 9th. And – Besides the Oklahoma game at home, that's pretty much it for Ole Miss. I mean, yep. the the ten wins. You're absolutely right. I mean, they they have a. It's handed to them on a silver platter. It's whether they take it and and do something with it. You keep mentioning ten and two, Chris, and I, I'm curious in your mind those two losses is there any particular way those losses have to come? Can it be one in your mind, in your opinion, right? And we're not truly going to know this until we see teams make the playoff and kind of have a standard there because, you know, there are no official rules, and if they are, they're going to dig them out from the bottom. But when you go into a 10-2 record, do you think that can be one non-con and one conference? Can they be both conference losses? How do you, How do you see that shaping up next year?
6: Yeah, I don't think the committee, I don't think they care. Like, you know, they were, when they were looking at, at the schedules, you know, this year and talking about, you know, playoff teams and all this, um, I, I don't think they get in a room and debate, you know, when your losses are. Like, put it this way, Ole Miss and Mizzou would both be in the playoff right now uh, based on their schedules and their rankings and, and how things would would have shaked out if, if we had a 12-team pro, uh, playoff this year. Nobody's looking back at their schedule and going, well, when did Ole Miss lose? Who did they lose to? When did Mizzou lose? Like, I think they just based off where they're ranked would, you know, they'd get the benefit down. They'd get in. So, you know, I think the committee has shown losing early in the year is better than losing late. You know, Exhibit A, Alabama, they didn't even really give a damn about their double digit home loss to Texas earlier in the year because, well, you just beat Georgia in your last game. So that trumps any loss you had. So um, it will be fascinating, though. I was talking to somebody about, you know, to bring back LSU, you know, I said, so what if LSU beats USC in the opener but goes 9 3? Will they take, you know, some of those, if, if they've got some marquee wins on the schedule, would that trump maybe a 10-2 Ole Miss that, you know, doesn't have a quality win? You know, or they're two quality opponents they lost to, you know. I think that's going to be a fascinating debate. And the person I was talking to said, I think they will give a school a benefit of the doubt. If it's a 9-3 and three LSU, but they've got, you know, three top 10 wins or something like that, that would trump, Ole Miss with a ten and two record, who you yeah. know didn't didn't beat anybody of note. So I just thought that's a fascinating conversation that will. Uh, and again, it will get into the debate again. It'll be you know this year it was three, ver- you know four versus five and six. Next year it'll be you know eleven and twelve versus thirteen and fourteen. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're the fourteenth best team in the country, right? So, you
1: know. Oh yeah, it, it, it's inevitable. It's gonna happen, and it'll happen. They, we, Chris, we have that argument with the NCAA basketball tournament where sixty-eight teams get in the field. I mean, we still have that argument. So it doesn't matter yeah. what you do. And and here's the one thing about the SEC is the strength of schedule will always be near the top, and you have a chance to get some of the biggest wins in the country when you're playing Georgia, Alabama, LSU, if Auburn gets back to that point, now Texas and Oklahoma, right? You always have those chances to get those marquee wins on your resume before the college football playoff committee looks at your resume.
6: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and you bring up the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's the thing. is, you know, NCAA tournament is very forgiving. If you schedule some tough opponents early in the year and lost to them they will uh you know they'll give you credit for those and then sometimes you lose to Appalachian State and you know that's a, that's marred on your on your resume taking mm-hmm. a shot at Auburn here but uh oh yeah they we way, picked up on that <laughs> but either way you know it's at least like you get you you get the benefit of college football it's not it's not really a level playing field right like you know just because you're in the SEC doesn't mean you play everybody in the SEC and this is why I really think they need to make that push to move to nine games next year. Move to a nine game conference schedule. Let's get those three permanent opponents. Let's get that even rotation of if you didn't see a school this year, you'll see them next year. I just think that's so vitally important because, again, like we're talking about it right now, looking at some of these schools. I mean, there are, there are some schools in the conference that, that just, you know, they avoid each other. Mm. They're not even playing each other. Like the fact that Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss get to avoid Sabin in Alabama for the first time in year, like it's just, what are we doing here?
1: yeah I'm with you on that and I think that'll eventually happen in the SEC we're talking with Chris Gordy host of the Locked on SEC podcast your daily podcast covering all things Southeastern Conference Let's. Uh, I want to get to one thing quickly uh, before we let you go this time next week Chris we'll have you on the show and we'll be recapping what seems to be a very very busy early signing day across the Southeastern Conference fans here in Auburn are hoping it's one of the best ever in pro program- History, man. What are your expectations and some of the things you're hearing right now about what next Wednesday could mean for some of the biggest programs in the country?
6: Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, you know, we, we had our recruiting insider on the show yesterday, Brian Smith, and he said, you know, this is this is the first time in a while where go look at the 24 seven composite, the, just the top 100 players, and run down it. Everybody's committed, basically. I mean, you know, we just had uh, what the safety yesterday uh committed to Texas. He was one of the few undecided. I mean, I think there's only like two or three names left in the top one hundred that have not picked a school yet. And then there's a few kids that, you know, obviously are gonna wait until February. But I just can't remember a time where we had this many kids that I mean, they're committed and that's that. Now, you know, will NIL money come into play next Wednesday where you know, at the last second some kids are getting offers from other schools. You know, like Mike Elko at A and M, I'm sure they're ready to write a check in and flip some kids, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to hold pretty firm. I mean, I think, I think all, all 20 kids that are committed to Auburn, I think, you know, we're all going to end up signing or, or with the exception of whoever's going to wait till February. But I don't think, you know, like, I, I can't see this being a year where we're going to have just a ton of last second slips and, and, and guys, you know, going to lose guys. I was listening to one of the uh, recruiting insiders for LSU. Uh, he said, you know, they got 27 kids and they expect to sign all 27. So, I mean, it's, I think the drama is kind of out of it now. Like, Do you the, think all those flips, deals,
1: do you think they've already happened? Is that why?
6: Yeah. Yeah. In other words, like I thought, you know, obviously getting, uh, you know, Cam Coleman was huge right. for Auburn, and, and he's going to be the, you know, the gem of this class, I feel like. But, um, you know, a, a lot of this has already happened. I know, you know, so there's some people making a late push for DJ Lagway from Florida, but everything I've heard is he's probably going to stand firm there. And then the Dylan Rayola news over at Georgia. I mean, that's somebody told me that's kind of been coming for weeks. That Georgia already kind of knew, and they already had another four-star kid committed in this class. So it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world them losing Rayola. So yeah, it it just put it that way. Like I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot of drama happening next uh, next Wednesday. I mean, you may see maybe a couple kids from Florida jump jump ship, and and Florida's class moves down, which heck would would be good news for Auburn because they move from number eleven into the top ten. I think you freeze. That's a big feathering your cap to say we just signed a top 10 recruiting class
1: yeah well Auburn fans are are looking forward to next Wednesday and of course our coverage here on ESPN uh, 106.7 is going to be massive on that day and we look forward to that and then having you on the show next week as well to recap it all and excited to uh, to get to that should be a big day for all of the SEC teams including the two newcomers with Texas and Oklahoma Chris Gordy host of the Locked on SEC podcast you can find it wherever you get your podcast or the video version on YouTube but uh, Chris again plug it all tell us everybody what's coming up on your show and again thank you so much for your time
6: yeah locked on SEC wherever you get your podcasts it's up there on YouTube if you missed our interview with Brock Bowers last week that's up there and uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun man uh, these next couple weeks tons of stuff happening in the SEC
1: yeah with uh football and of course basketball at some point we'll have time to talk about basketball but until the football news <laughs> dies down man I just don't see it happening
6: yeah, no doubt, man. Well, we don't
1: want to talk about the loss to App State anyway. No, we don't. We, we, we've we already moved on. Hey, we rebounded. We're good. We had the win in Indiana and UNC Asheville. We're fine. And look, there's not a whole lot of prettiness to talk about in the SEC right now anyway. So uh, we'll talk about yeah. that in the weeks to come. Chris, thanks so much, man, and uh, take care of that arm, okay?
6: All right, thanks, Jacob.
1: Thanks, Chris. That's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast again. Joins us every Thursday. So much fun talking with him. And if you're looking for somebody that covers the entire conference on a daily basis, go find Chris Gordy. Just search Locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast or the video version on YouTube. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap it up here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Winding down here on the Thursday edition of On The Line. Big thanks to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, for joining us as he does every Thursday, talking all things SEC. Today was heavy conference schedules that were released yesterday. Uh, You and I have talked a lot about that on the show today as well think Auburn got a pretty favorable schedule in 2024, folks, and I think if Auburn can put together a good team with some talent and some experience and a little bit of everything in between, 2024 could be a special year for Hugh Freeze and Auburn football. So huge, uh, huge shout-out to Chris Gordy, also Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He joined us uh, in the first hour, as he does every Thursday, so thanks to those two gentlemen. Always fun talking with them on Thursday afternoons, and so thank you to you for tuning in all so long, whether it was one minute, one hour, or the entire show. Uh, I appreciate you. If you missed any of it, you can find the podcast posted after each and every show. You can find that wherever you get your podcast, or just go to ESPNAU.com. Tomorrow, Uncle T-Bone will be back in studio. Uh, we'll have Lee Sterling, who will be previewing some bowl games, including the 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 Auburn bowl game and the national or the uh, playoff games. So we'll be having him to start the show tomorrow and uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And I got to get out of here because we have our Auburn Network Christmas party tonight. So, uh, I got to get out of here, go get uh, go get cleaned up and and try to look presentable for once and and go enjoy that. So, we're looking forward to having everybody out here from the Auburn Network family, all of our wonderful radio stations and everybody that makes what we do possible, uh getting together to uh, to celebrate the holidays. So, that'll be tonight looking forward to that. Also, Tiger Talk tonight over on Wings 943, uh, our classic rock station, so be sure that you tune in for for that 6 to 7, Wings 943 and wingsfm.com Brad Law, Andy Burcham uh, Stephen Pearl will be on and Jeff Graba from Auburn Gymnastics will be there as well so that'll be at Baumhauer's if you want to go out and check them out or you can listen to it at Wings 94.3 tomorrow again Uncle T-Bone will be with us Lee Sterling will join us from Paramount Sports we'll talk a lot of Auburn basketball college basketball, college football and who knows who knows what we'll get into on a Friday afternoon. It's a free-for-all Friday. Those are always a lot of fun. We really don't have a schedule. We just kind of jump in and and let the thoughts flow and let you be a part of it as well. We're having a lot of fun, if you can't tell, and can't wait for tomorrow. So until then, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.